Uh, now, the problem with that is that neither none, none of the partners were from a coffee background. So we didn't have kind of the technical skill or, or expertise necessarily to, to execute the vision that we wanted. Um, so really, it started with us kind of upskilling ourselves. Uh, we took some classes and and I and I would say one of the great things about coffee is that there's so many resources available online mm. that uh, if you're interested and you know driven, you can really self-teach yourself quite a bit. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Map Forward Friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and I am joined by Matt C, because I don't want to screw your name up again. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> I'm joined by Matt from Blue Takai in India. Matt, welcome to episode two out of five, where we're talking about building a specialty coffee brand, which is Blue Takai in a producing country. And in this episode, Matt, we're talking about establishing a specialty coffee market where there wasn't one. I can't even begin to imagine what it's like to say, hey, you know what? I think that we're going to make this specialty coffee thing work in an in a, a country that drinks chai. <laughs> like, how do you even start approaching the plan for that? Was there a plan? I, I mean, so there was a, a an idea. There was no, okay. <laughs> there was no business plan. <laughs> Which is, no let's be real, that's financial. not a plan. It's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, and I think the because we started with at a very small, small scale, it was – you know, if it failed, it, it wasn't, it right. wouldn't have been like a, a huge, a huge deal for us. Uh, but the idea was that uh, because India is one of the, you know, sixth or seventh largest coffee producing countries, mm. uh, there is great coffee being grown here. Why isn't that coffee being made available to the domestic consumers? Uh, that doesn't seem, that seems like a gap. And it seems that uh, something that we were particularly interested in solving for us mm -hmm. as because we are coffee consumers. Uh, now the problem with that is that neither, none, none of the partners were from a coffee background. So we didn't have kind of the technical skill or, or expertise necessarily to, to execute the vision that we wanted. Um, so really it started with us kind of upskilling ourselves. Uh, we took some classes and, and I, and I would say one of the great things about coffee is that there's so many resources available online mm. that. Uh, if you're interested and you know driven, you can really self-teach yourself quite a bit. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mapper Forward's first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, available now online for you to learn at your own pace with a certificate available upon completion. Click the link in the show notes to access today for just 50 euros. Um, so at least... You know, from in, in the initial stages, that's kind of kind of how how we started. Uh, but then it was very interesting once we started like uh, going to speak to people uh, about our idea because the everybody and these are all well wishers. They guided us to do things in a very kind of non specialty way. Okay. <laughs> so it was that <laughs> it was like okay, buy the coffee from the estates, but don't tell anybody where you're buying the coffee from because people will just copy you. They'll find out that this is an estate that grows good coffee and then they'll start uh, uh -huh. buying coffee from them instead. And and that's actually ended up happening because we've always pr prominently displayed the, the estates <laughs> that where, where there'll be companies that are buyers that go to these estates and say, I want you to sell me the lots that you're selling to Pluto guy. Uh, so uh, that's, that's but anyway, that's not The really, nature of, you know, of our industry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, and and even at the same time, people were telling us that 
you know, don't do, don't roast yourself. Roasters are very expensive. Contract roasted to someone. Oh, wow. They'll be able to roast the coffee for you. Um, and then also, you know, you need to blend the coffee with chicory or robusta to bring down the price. Um, so I think, you know, because the mindset was so kind of stuck and, mm. and traditional to us, that really seemed like an opportunity be, because if everybody's thinking in this direction, that means that uh, you got to go in the other way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so maybe, maybe they're right and we're fools, but also it could be <laughs> that uh, uh, <laughs> there's, there's opportunity here. Um, and, and I think, you know, people really resonated with what we were doing. Um, and that really helped us get initial traction because there was enough people who had been exposed to specialty coffee through traveling abroad or working or, mm -hmm. you know, even from the internet that at least uh, the first customers that we got were kind of picking up this, this pent up demand. Mm -hmm. Um, then from there, it was more about how do we educate people what uh, is different about the coffee that we're doing compared to the standard coffee that's available. Um, and, and so, you know, we did a lot of events and pop-ups, but I think uh, two things that were really helpful for us was having um, a, a really strong brand identity um, that kind of connected kind mm -hmm. of what we were trying to do um, we really wanted to celebrate the Indianness of of the coffee because, you know, I mean, even to today, uh, India is not seen as sort of a, a you know a, a renowned producer of good quality coffee. People mm -hmm. think of Indian coffee as blenders or robusta, or where where when in fact there are estates and there have been amazing, been fantastic, coffee. amazing coffees, amazing yeah. coffees. Even the robusta that I tasted blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the like, in, incredible testament to the people who are working at the farm level of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we really wanted people to appreciate that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, the the logo that my, my partner designed is is a peacock and it's the national bird of India. And you'll see, you know, peacocks flying around the estates. Um, and, and we had art on the back. And that was actually one of the first fights that we had was not not fights discussion was that you know this this packaging is going to be really expensive we're already selling an expensive product we need to like just do very simple packaging so that it that it uh, becomes more affordable but uh, my partner was very very adamant and 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 she was right she was like, right it was uh, in, incredibly yeah you know, it, it's become a part of the brand like the sort yeah. of art and uh, aspect of it. Um, and I think the other thing that really helped was that we did a lot of sort of, you know, other other events to build culture around coffee. Coffee and culture have always gone together. So we had sort of, uh, you know, we had exhibitions at our first locations. We had music shows. We had talks by, you know, farmers, uh, not necessarily coffee farmers, but other people who were doing interesting things. And that helped build a, a community. And those that community kind of became, you know, core supporters for us and well-wishers mm -hmm. and they helped help promote the band the brand um and i think you know at the same time obviously like at the core was was a focus on 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 quality and and so um you know it doesn't matter what you do on all of these other aspects if the coffee itself doesn't really really yeah. shine through so that was something also we we you know we spent a lot of effort in terms of bringing in people who had experience that we didn't have so we hired consultants from europe and uk and 
Um, we started hiring full-time employees from Australia and New Zealand. So we, as we grew, we always made sure that we tried to import best practices from mm -hmm. places that we had a more developed coffee culture from us uh, than, than India. Um, because, you know, especially as, as sort of industry pioneers, it's always important for us that we kind of keep pushing the bar forward. Mm -hmm. And if there's no industry domestically to do that, that becomes quite challenging, right? Because then you're, you're sort totally. of stuck in your own world in a way. Um, so that's why going outside, going to, you know, other, you know, uh, coffee events, SCA events, and, and also hiring people who come from more developed coffee places was, was sort of critical to us to, to, to grow this. How do you take that concept and admittedly, I haven't had the pleasure of visiting one of your stores yet. My next trip to India, that will happen. But how do you take that concept of specialty coffee and then superimpose, to borrow a word from you, the Indianness over it? Yeah, so I think uh, one way has been through this art and culture. So like mm -hmm. not just the bags, but in the stores, we have artwork that's based on traditional Indian art forums that are, you know, may, maybe losing kind of relevance over time, but we're trying to sort of support the revival by, and, and actually there's one on, on, on behind yeah. me, uh, like tying that. Uh, so these are all depictions of things that happen on the estate. Um, in the shops, we've partnered with uh, a local uh, record, uh, a record label who plays Indian indie music in all the stores. Oh, that's awesome! Um, yeah, we we have uh, the menu. We we try and bring in some um, you know more Indian flavors into into the the drinks that we have. So it's, uh, but at the same time, the stores they still have a very kind of Western I would say, sparse. Yeah, sparse uh, yeah. Western feel. Um, uh, so sort of trying to blend blend the two together in a way, um, and 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 highlight. Like I mean, because the thing that's interesting, if if it's just specialty coffee, then it could be from anywhere, right? We right. want to really celebrate the fact that you know this is something that's produced in our country. It's it's an amazing product. Uh, you you should you should appreciate it because. You know, for a long time, especially when when we first started, people felt that only things that are imported are good quality. If you anything like it's not just coffee, but like right, you know, liquor or electronics or whatever, what's produced in the country is as lower quality. What's imported is is the good stuff. Um, and and you know, finally, that's that's that that that's changed thanks to you know the efforts of many brands who have started producing mm -hmm. very high quality consumer products. But that's something that we also wanted to make sure that we highlighted. And did you find that the early adopters of the brand were people who had lived outside first or did you find early adoption was coming from people who had lived most of their life in India? Yeah, it was mostly people who had lived in, in India, but they had traveled or been exposed to specialty coffee in, in, in some way. Um, and then there were also like, because we live in Delhi, there's a lot of foreigners and, and, you know, from the, you know, uh -huh. the, the diplomatic community and there's a lot of foreign, like uh, Japanese people, a lot of Japanese companies here. So they're, they're, they, they were already looking for what we had yeah. offered. Um, but, uh, at least in the beginning, the majority of customers were from Indian, uh, Indian people who are looking for a better quality product. And I've got to ask, how was it getting, uh, I, I 
I imagine that there weren't very many equipment distributors in your region. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, so actually, there's a funny photo uh, uh, of, of me in a in an auto in a tuk tuk holding a big Hario box that we had. Uh, <laughs> if, if I had just come from the post office and played the duty, and I had this Hario box in the auto. Uh, so it took a lot of, uh, you know, we 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 cold called a lot of vendors to try and get, uh, especially on the home, home brewing side, those yeah. weren't really available. There were a few companies who were doing, uh, commercial equipment. Um, so that, that at least for the cafes, that, that wasn't as difficult as, as it would, uh, on the home brewing side. And so, you know, we, and we ended up actually becoming like Barazza distributors and Hario distributors and, and Mocha master and, and fellow and a lot of these other brands, we ended up, uh, selling them. How long ago were you Baratza distributors? Uh, we started, I think, in 2015. Yeah, wow. Awesome. One of my best friends is Kira Kennedy. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. that would have been when she was still the CEO. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Excellent. I've got to mention this to her. She will be so happy to, to hear that. She'll listen yeah. to this. Hi, Kira, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, this that makes my heart so happy to hear that because Kira always talks about, you know, the kind of leadership that I really aspire to, and and you know, conspiring to each other's success and helping people become the best versions of themselves and grow the best businesses that they can. So it doesn't surprise me at all that you two found each well, you and your partner and Kira all found each other. Not surprising at all. Yeah, she was she was very supportive of kind of I mean us as a small business, but. But she believed in the idea that I want to. I want our grinders to be used in specialty industry, and and so working with uh, a, a coffee brand that was really focused on specialty versus some of the, like yeah. actually many other people had approached her, and and they were more on the commercial side. But but because we kind of aligned with with her vision, um, we're we're lucky that she took a chance on us. Yeah, she's one of my favorite people in the world. She's got an amazing heart, an amazing way of looking at leadership. So that I. Uh, I'm I'm so happy to hear that. Um, in the next episode, friends, we're going to talk about the process of establishing a workforce in specialty coffee. This is something I'm very keen to understand because uh, when this airs, I will already be living in Dubai, but this is my last podcast that I'm recording living in Australia. It's wild to hear myself say that out loud. And I'm so glad it's with you, Matt, um, because you are doing, you have done what already what's happening in Dubai and the UAE and in Saudi Arabia. So I'm so excited about learning from you about how you've established, um, how you went about establishing a workforce, because there's some interesting things that have happened in the UAE around yeah. establishing that workforce. So I'm excited about hearing what you've got to say. So join us in the next episode, folks. Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Mapper Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, 
podcast as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.